Okay, we here. No need to draw this out. <laughs> We've been missing a little bit of action. God damn, Pete. <laughs> life is life is life has been a little tricky for me. Okay, so here's what's happening. Carl and I are sitting in the, com- in the comfort of my living room while Pete is in a far, far away land on his way here. Um, but I'm on, I'm on the other side of the world, guys. I'm really not in a far, far away land, but all right. But due to due to um, modern technology, we are able to patch him in before he gets here and start on time. Um, it seems like a trend. Niggas be late, fam. Listen. Nah, I'm teasing everybody. I'm teasing Carl, too, because Carl be late, too. Carl be classically oh, okay. Jamaican late, but that's fine because I'll be, you know, be. You know, Jamaicans get to the club at three o'clock and the club closes at four. What you like mean? it's a thing. What do you mean, three o'clock? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing nah. much to do after an hour is good. Like right, we just want to mash up one thing. You know, how much time you have to spend there? That's true. <laughs> that is actually true. Anyway, and it's, a, it's a thing of prestige of like paying the the, the maximum cover of fifty dollars, you know. But that's off topic. So keep going, keep going, keep going. My bad. Right, but you only hand them. You only hand over the the fifty dollars with the hand with the luxury watch on it, whether it's an Audemars, a Cartier, or a Roly. Carl loves his watches. All right, but <laughs> yeah, we're here. So check it out. We've been missing in action somewhat. It's it's becoming progressively more trying to get three to four successful young men with their own agendas and their own schedules in the same room. So, and children, me, yes, and children. Allow me to apologize on the behalf of the crew because we made a promise earlier this year that we would meet y'all once every two weeks, and we haven't been sticking true to it. So, allow me to apologize. I also want to say that. Y'all gonna stop running down on me in public mm. because I was definitely at Cornrows and Cocktails this past weekend, and a young lady ran up on me and was like, "You don't even have to say nothing. Where's the podcast?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I'm just like, "What?" Yeah, she's like, "I don't want to hear nothing. I've waited three Mondays and I ain't get a new one yet." <laughs> yeah. I mean, at, at the end of the day. I think, I think the summer caught all of us by surprise as to how how busy we were. Um, I know, personally speaking, some of the gigs that came up, I was a little shocked. That I mean, between Essence Fest and uh, I had a job with Wild Turkey and uh, with which is like I guess yeah, it's my biggest client wild turkey shooting one of the biggest celebrities I ever worked with it's just one thing after the next and then you have to do deliverables i mean we know what that is but each one of us having those things happen it and they were never really running parallel to each other it just really made it difficult for us all to get uh, in, in place and so yeah like, but we hear that like joe said you know we apologize for the delay but gonna try to get it back where it need to be. But we here though. So here. without further ado, we're gonna get jump we're gonna jump straight into this shit. So Carl just gave you a catch up on what he's been doing, shooting celebrities and playing with turkeys. No, nah, he <laughs> shooting big celebrities while shoot while working with Wild Turkey. 
me on the other hand, I have been slowly but surely um, spreading my wings and preparing for the um, exodus, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, Pete, what have you been up to? Um, being a, a new dad. Um, my daughter is seven weeks today, and she is almost hitting the glorious mark of two months on October 7th. You know how it is. It's kind of like the weeks, months thing because 31 days. It's, you know, that thing. But um, getting the hang of it, learning her sleep patterns and when I can and leave the, leave the house and washing bottles and time management. Time management has been like, you never realize as an adult how much time you literally waste and procrastinate sitting around going, I'll do it in a second, do it in a second. Until you have to do everything when your child is sleeping, otherwise you won't get anything done because when they're awake, uh, nothing really happens. I didn't even eat dinner tonight. The food is cold and I just had to throw it in the fridge because I got a jet. I got to go to work soon and, you know, I'm, you know, just make it work. So I'll, I'll eat when I get home or something when she sleeps or I'll have a snack outside the house. So I'm learning a lot, learning a lot. And it's been a very, very cool ride. Very cool ride. So candidate for father of the year listen it's it's it's, it's awesome it is about as awesome as can can be so but um yes procrastination without further <laughs> now we're not even we're gonna jump into that we're gonna jump into that a little bit later let's talk about current events let's talk about what has been setting the culture on fire right because this is a podcast for men by men with a little bit of insight from women tonight we will not be having any having any women insight but we are welcoming you guys to join us on all of our social platforms social platforms mm. being instagram and twitter we are there we are present and we are responding so have y'all heard about what was the what was the name uh his name is both in gene both in gene <clears throat> y'all heard about the both in gene situation carl why don't you give the the listeners a rundown for those who are not familiar uh, yeah, uh, both in jeans, a 26 year old, um, uh, black, um, college educated accountant who had worked for Price Waterhouse and Cooper was at home in, uh, his apartment in Dallas and minding his business. And, um, a, an officer who happened to live in the same complex, I believe she lived on the third floor. He lived on the fourth. She got off on the floor by quote-unquote accident and um her name again is amber geiger and got off on the wrong floor approached the apartment door i guess the door was ajar from what she says walks in thinking that there's a a burglar now she's off duty at this point and walks in and and you know obviously he's in his place uh both of them sitting there in the living room she pulls out her her weapon and begins to approach the scenario as if he's a burglar and gives him orders which i guess he didn't respond to as she says and she proceeds to shoot this man and and kill him um turns on the light and then realizes that she's in the wrong apartment as she states um it's it's disturbing on many levels because it it kind of runs into the same pattern that we hear of police officers wrongfully accidentally whatever you want to call it killing black men and that being excusable um 
it just turns out that she was convicted actually for his murder and there were a lot of there were a lot of um different facts in this that it, it just didn't seem right i mean if you are a police officer i believe you're held under a higher regard as to how you conduct yourself you're given a weapon and you're allowed the the ability to take a life so her working a double shift i, I you as a human you're allowed that the 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 capability of being overworked exhausted making the mistake i think i've gotten off on the wrong floor before in my apartment building and gone to the wrong door and you know fumbled with the keys and done that you know just being out of it that's fine but the 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 point when you decided to pull to draw your weapon and she did go home in her full uniform even though she was off duty i think the the point where you decide to take lethal action with an unarmed man it just it doesn't equate to a thing where we we can excuse that and if i feel like if it had been reversed if it had been a black officer or a woman that walked in in a white man's apartment and he was just innocently in his living room minding his business there might have been a different uproar because people would not understand how this man could go from being in his in the comfort of his home being shot by a police officer wrongfully, there's no way that there'd be as much uh, sympathy for her making the mistake. I think it would be like, you know, you're a police officer. You're expected to be or conduct yourself in a, in a better manner. Um, so it's, I think that it's a lot bigger than that because it's like, bro, Where, at what point do you check yourself? At what point do things seem off enough for you to just say, hold up? You know what I mean? Like, you walk into the crib. It's not your fucking crib. Unless homeboy had a crib with barren white walls, no furniture, no carpets, no doormat. How, like... This man must have been living in a, a a a model duplicate. These apartments must have been pre-furnished. Right. I, I, I as Carl was explaining it, and it's not to cut you off. I'm thinking like there has to have been a point where there's like an edge of a table or a key hook, something, or you know, which for me, you know, at the time when we started hearing different um, versions of this story. It was she was sending she was sexting another coworker right. who allegedly is married and involved and was sending text messages and then we also started to hear dialogue that she was under the influence of alcohol right. and was drunk and mm-hmm. was drinking at the job and mm-hmm. walked in there but of course you know we're in Dallas white cops um, let's give her enough time so she could pee in the cup until she sobers up and then the toxicology report won't read that she was under the influence of anything. Exactly. So there was a large cover-up. But there's so many different things from even a table being pulled out too far from a kitchen table and she stumped her toe. There's so many things that should have gone off in her mind mm-hmm. that should have triggered, hey, I'm in the wrong place. So, you know, I think that the trial was a sham. 
I mean, I'm glad she's she's guilty, but it's just very much a foul case, and too many things that that uh, don't make sense. It still don't make sense. It won't make sense. Something that came to mind for me that like really just like for lack of a better term blew my mind was you walk up you about to pull up into what you think is your crib let's give her the benefit of the doubt you about to pull up to a spot that you think is your crib and your door is propped open as a police officer in uniform with a gun still on your hip the first thing that's supposed to like the first thing that should snap that should be there for your you awareness supposed to kick should in? be Tap on the door. Boom, 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 boom. This is Officer Blase Blah. You are currently in the wrong. You are in my apartment. I'm going to give you to the counter, whatever, to exit the apartment. I mean, they claim that she that she was giving him orders that he wasn't responding. But she, it's his she, fucking no, house. I, I hear that. But they claim, she claimed, and that's the thing, the part about the alcohol influence that, 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 was mentioned and then it it's it's hazy because that to me lends itself more to make sense that you are under the right. influence of something because I don't I can walk into my apartment with the lights out and almost navigate my way all the way to my couch in the darkness because right. I know my place I might trip over a shoe that I forgot was there other than that I I pretty much know my apartment like that and so especially being a cop I don't I find it odd that you would be able to navigate getting into whatever the, the, the little hallway, whatever the entrance or however it's set up, foyer, yeah. getting to him and not coming across enough that would indicate to you, this is not my place. So I'm the, the alcohol thing to me when it was mentioned made sense because you'd be so impaired that you couldn't you actually think yeah. he might've sent you a new, like I twisted my ankle severely to the point where I couldn't run the marathon the year before that I ran it because somebody had sent me a nude and I was under the influence. Like I, I didn't understand that. And I'm just using my own example, you know, the, the oh my God. Wow. <laughs> it's the been gory, a while. The gory details of it is how far it can actually go, which is the reason why I said all that right. is, you know, in the heat of the moment, she probably was texting dude. Oh and, yeah, and and for for both of them, he probably had his door unlocked because he just took the garbage out, or that late night he he might have been expecting a lady to come over exactly. and was like, "I'll leave the door unlocked." Exactly. So probably never reacted when she walked in because he expected whoever was coming over. He's twenty six to just I left the door open, just come in when you get here. Right. So then she walks in, and he's like, "Huh?" And she draws down on him, right, and starts shooting. That's what I really <laughs> think happened. Yeah, because the rest of this shit just sounds like a crock of shit to me. You know, and it's a shame because as much as many of these situations as happens, um, the one time that anyone is convicted, because I, I believe they said that no one has been convicted in, in in Dallas of of no cop has been convicted of a crime since I think like 1973. <laughs> the the one time that we are convicting a white police officer for killing a black man it is a woman who on the hierarchy is on the lower end you know what i mean yep. like and it's just it's really it's really dis disheartening because we're in such a deficit that i think even as black people when we hear that it happens we're like okay so they got convicted and then we wait 
to see what exactly happened as far as how much time they're going to do. Because even when they do get convicted, it's usually a slap on the wrist. It's a slap on the wrist. I mean, like, look at how, you know, there was a there was a scene or a clip with the, the, the a black police officer, like, you know, caring for her while she was at trial and, like, running her hand through her hair and all this other stuff. And right. I'm like... Give me a break. Bruh. Like this is like it's it's a little over the top. And then um, uh, a clip was sent to me um, just before this of of um, his brother actually speaking in court and telling her that he forgives her and that um, you know and and as he should, I get that he has a loving heart and he said, you know, I want you to know that I love you like I love anyone else, and I think both of them would have felt the same way all we would want is for you to give yourself to god and then he asked the judge can i give her a hug and i'm looking at this and i'm i'm not going to bypass the fact that she might feel horrible for this and that getting a little bit of forgiveness from the family could can i ask a question could give her a little sense of peace because i can only imagine regardless of how it it panned out if she was under the influence that sober mind would not want this man dead so it was it was good to see that he could have that heart in the scenario but can I ask you a question, we're we're, we're still at a deficit as as a community when it comes to things where people are being held accountable for taking the the life of black men and black men being so disposable in this in this uh in this society all right so look sorry i don't think this is a time for us to show empathy to the murderer at all because empathy sympathy any of the and none all of the above because let's be real what's the what's the what's the um what is the punishment for murder standard is what how many years it said um i mean for for murder or for murder slaughter for murder is is it twenty five to life? Yes. Yeah. How many years did she get? I mean, she's getting she's getting. From what I saw, it was ten years. Okay. Um, ten years with good behaviors. How long? With good behavior. Um, three. 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 Only, five. You only, something like you that. No, you only do a thirty a time. Yeah. Okay. And so, I'm no, not, no, no, wait, no, no, wait. I'm just yeah. trying to prove to a point, right? Just trying to prove a point. If you live in New York City, and you are familiar with um gun laws and crimes for that are I'm sorry, gun laws that are put in place to fuck black people over black and brown people over pete are you familiar with how much time you get if you get caught with a loaded gun yes mandatory minimum three years and if it's loaded i think depends well one year for every bullet yes one year for every bullet correct yeah, anything over 20 if they enforce if they enforce right for the so, most so wait for the most part it's three year minimum Man- mandatory you're mand- doing the three mandatory if they want to take the ammunition into consideration this morning Right. So now, if you get caught with a, let's say you get caught with a Desert Eagle, Desert Eagle, what? Eight bullets? Ten? Desert Desert Eagles are fifty caliber weapon. They they that's like yo, you walking around with this. What kind of you, weapon does she have? A Glock. A Glock holds twelve. She had a Glock nine. Yeah. Glock nine Big holds issue. twelve. Right. So 15, depending on which one. Right. So let's say twelve for, for to give her the benefit of the doubt, since that's what we doing. Right. And she walked into this man's apartment as he was lounging on his own couch and put bullets in him to stop him from breathing. 
and then and then and then did not immediately jump into first responder mode to make sure that uh, to do anything any to take any measures to try to save this man's life at all no fuck out of here i get it if if brother cousin uncle auntie when you step outside after you tell that lady you love her i got hands for you because guess what as a as a as an ordinary citizen you know not to jump behind the wheel of a car with alcohol in your system because you can take a life. Right. But as a police officer, your salary is directly connected to your responsibility to not abuse the, the privileges that you have. One of them is carrying a gun. Two is your ability to enforce, I mean, to, to enforce deadly force on someone. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not an, I'm not at all leaning towards, us being in a position to empathize with her. I'm I'm saying that it was good to see cuz my thing also all all the time is the victims. I always think about the victims. I, I mean, I I met, you know, I met Trayvon's parents and and like that was emotional. I met um uh uh Sean Bell's wife. I've met um I met a I met a handful of the victims families and my heart always goes out to them because the thing is that while we feel a certain way about the about it as a community they actually lost this person that they loved and 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 will never be repaired in that in that um that gap that's taken from them so to see the family being or any member of the family to be in a place where they can seek god and try to start healing for me i like to see it just because that's that's where I'm at when I'm thinking about these cases. So it's not a matter of me really empathizing with her. It's more of being able to see that process start for one of the family members. Um, because it's 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 there's really not much we can do for them. Because even the justice system is not fair, and we know that, and that's why we don't have any faith in it. Um, it's it's one of those things where I have these conversations with uh, white people where I say, you know, if you you'll never know what the feeling is like to be black and have a, a, a police officer approach you and not feel like you're safe. You never in that position because you as a white person seeing a, a police officer would just automatically drop your shoulders and relax because you feel like someone is there that is in your interest to protect you uh, as black people that's not the case if we're in a scenario where we feel that we're in danger and the police come on see on the scene i don't know that it it causes us to relax anymore we actually might feel more anxious because a cop coming on approaching it with their prejudice can make the, the situation escalate so if there's a fight between you and someone else uh, of of the same you know ethnic background and the cops come on the scene if they approach it with their prejudice that can turn into a thing where they're shooting at everybody so it's it's one of those things where it's it's harder for people to grasp why we're in this relationship with police officers we we've never felt safe with them it was never meant for for black people to feel safe with police if if we know the backstory comes from the um slave watchers the slave watchers the overseers and that so it was never a system set up for us to feel safe around police and so to have them constantly perpetuate that 
because the training is that this her seeing a, a black figure in this apartment drunk or not her recourse was deadly deadly force this man is unarmed you you are trained on how to impair somebody in a way that won't end their life you can shoot them in the leg you can shoot them anywhere else you are trained that way this we how many um white serial killers do they apprehend come out sometimes they don't ha- they don't have anything not a not a not a, a bruise to the face not a <laughs> not a wound and they they disarm them meanwhile they just killed 20 50 people and they're walking little timmy out of these out of these schools so you do know how to do it but that's not you, the life of a black male a black person is not on the is not important enough for you to exercise that so it's it's just something that's perpetuated so much that we can't we we personally as a, as a community can't empathize with police officers and then, then they're going to they they're going to feel a way about that but you're doing a job that has a history before you even got the badge and i think it's a responsibility on your end to know what line of business you're in so it, you know i think not even i think i know is we as a people we're woke about the value of our lives and how cheap we're being treated as far as you know what what's what and what what the value of our lives should be look we it, it just white america unfortunately is never going to realize the value of a black man and i think what was it which amendment is it the 13th amendment that says that we pretty much don't have a value we're not even really yeah, uh, citizens or people 13. 13th amendment mm-hmm. so you know that holds true and then especially in a state like Texas, which still has a lot of, you know, the Jim Crow um, imprisonment laws and the trails of Jim Crow, um, it's it's all a crock of shit. 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 I don't, I don't think for the life of me that um, ten years is worth this man's life. You know. Especially if you, you if you got two vials of crack, three vials of crack in your in your pocket, those drug laws are still enacted. You getting fifteen years for three vials of crack, smoker right. or seller, right? You getting fifteen years for that, fifteen years. So it's you know the, the whole the whole shit is just completely ass backwards, hundred percent ass backwards. The system um, is not designed for us for our lives to have any kind of value whatsoever. So yeah, it's. It's, 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 it's fucked up. Yeah. It's fucked up. So, and and it's, it's not going to end. It's not going to end. When you look at, um, you know, the Sean Bells and everybody. I mean, I can't breathe. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, it's, yeah. they're, they're still mad to this day that Daniel Pantaleo got fired. Which is, you know, Pat Lynch is, gets up is, there and... It's crazy. Which it's is crazy. like the oh, he bare. Didn't deserve the, to have his job. We're the, talking about his job. The bare minimum. About, you know? If you work for Guitar Center, and you mm-hmm. <laughs> and you are late regularly, or you mess up an order, you are in a position to lose your job. 
someone is dead because you exercise a a uh, chokehold, which was a restricted move, and you shouldn't lose your job. I mean, yeah. I need to know what I need to know what the uh, what is the what is the limit of of lives that you need to take as a police officer for them to be like, you know what, you might not be cut out for this anymore. So, like, like what warrants that? And then on top of that, he gets a new lease on life. Yeah, it's on his record in New York. He's not gonna do nothing but move to New Jersey that's to a it. town that's not gonna give a fuck about. It. A black life anyway. Yeah, that's it. Reinstated. That's it. That his g- beef was losing his pension. Right, right. And you know, it's funny because it's, it's it's difficult because I have I have uh, friends that I know have family members that are police officers, and at times it's like I'll see things that they post, and I won't respond because I know where they're coming from. Like I know they are in the police culture. Like, if you are married into the police culture, you almost have to put those blinders on. It's, it's no different than, like, you know, certain military things where it's like you have to put those those blinders on I'm for the government or whatever. You have to believe a lot of these things because these are the things that, that make you think that it's okay for your husband to be out or your, your wife to be out, you know, fighting crime and, and, and doing whatever because you're like, oh, no, this this has to be the way. that No, it can't be the way that you're describing it because what they're doing is a sacrifice and what, no, I'm not taking anything away from the sacrifice, but you have to, at some point be honest with yourself and say, you know what? These numbers sound crazy. These numbers sound crazy that all of these black individuals are, are murdered by on duty or off-duty police officers and that everybody's walking you know i i was we were talking today about philando castile and i'm i'm emotional about that one to this day because i had spent time in minnesota i passed that same street been a passenger in that car um in a past relationship where you know you know my ex was white so being in a being why'd you bumble that no, I'm just saying it's just being in the situation of being a black male in the car when a cop could approach it and feel threatened by someone telling you, I am carrying a gun. I'm letting you know this. His partner is in the driver's seat. This child is in the back seat. You're not fit to deal with the scenario and this man's life is gone. It's difficult because what we see is a um, a disrespect for these lives, and and it's gonna it's gonna resonate with us because we are black, we are minorities, we understand like a life is a life. In too many cases, it's um, in too many cases, it's 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 said to us in the decisions coming down from the courts that these lives do not matter. And it, I don't know what else to say. I don't know if we, if we'll ever get that across to the the people that want to side with the quote unquote blue lives matters thing and not realize that it's, that is, 
It's not the issue. It's tough all the way around because it, like, the systemic oppression and the unjust treatment and shit, like, it lives on in more than just the day-to-day lives in the streets between ordinary citizens and police officers, right? Let's think about um, the whole blow-up situation that Kirby just had the other day. Kirby St. John. Right. Right? Kirbito on, on Instagram. He's the founder and- Is it St. Raymond? St. Raymond, sorry. Kirby St. Haitian. We'll just say that. <laughs> How about that? He's Haitian. What but up, Alicia? Think, think about... Um, think about how the fact that he's he literally has his two fingers on the pulse of culture um with Pierre Moss. And think about how his his designs have like had have been sweeping the streets. And think about how people are completely dependent on him to keep things current, right? Because in terms of fashion right now, Virgil is completely out of touch. Kanye's done lost his damn mind. We still what we we about to be a weekend without that gospel album. And this is the fourth time that he's on pump fake everybody. There's not too many people of color in the fashion industry that come from a real space. And I wish one of you motherfuckers would say ASAP Rocky. I don't know. Right. So there's not a lot of people that know the blueprint of uh, the last time that I was actively in the streets during uh, a time that I had gone to the PMOS display was probably two and a half years ago. And he's always been very black and off the radar. He's never wanted to do any of his shows in any of the main stage venues because he just didn't feel like he needed to do it. And a testament of that is the, the fashion world identifying that he's unapologetically black. His, this past season um, for the fashion week that just passed for, uh, well, September, what, two, two, three weeks ago. Right. His spring, summer, he... The show was in the hood. Do, 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 do. It was in King's Plaza. He had not King's, King's Theater, Theater King's in Theater. Flatbush, around the corner from the actual first time, gunfire. The first time anything's happened in King's Theater right. in years. And I don't want to glorify the gunfire. I'm just saying, when you talk about doing things in in, uh, and I have to give the nod to Fubu in a for us by us kind of way, he is doing it. He the A listers were in Flatbush in the at hood. the show in the hood. In the hood. And I've shot a, a plethora of shows um, and performances at King's Theater. And I usually have to watch where I park my car. But that just shows you that we don't always have to be the stigma of where we come from. And just because people are falling on hard times, you can bring something elegant to a black neighborhood. And he always makes sure that he does that. And for those of you that don't know what we mean by Kirby's situation. So Kirby was, um, he was pretty much put up on a high pedestal by this one major outlet. And um, they initially told him that he was going to be used for, or he, they were going to bring him out to Paris so he can speak on. So he got have a one-on-one conversation with one of the higher ups from this publication. Um, they told him months in advance, he was, he was hype. He doesn't do panel conversations anymore because he feels like panel conversations are um, easy ways to lump in people of color. And they just throw on the title inclusion or trendy. So he's like, he, he's gone. He's gone away from panel conversations. And now he only wants to do one-on-one conversations. They offered it to him. This being a major publication, he was super excited about it. So he agreed. He shows up. Well, he's on the way to Paris on a jet. And halfway through the flight, he gets a notification that it's no longer a one-on-one conversation, but it's now a group panel 
with him. Um, Laquan Smith. Laquan Smith and another um, black black fashion designer. I forget the name of the other person. Carl's going to the article right now. And it's just like Carl look. just read the article. We're not Carl didn't have time to read the article, but it, he was astounded by what he saw. Right. So now he's like, "All right, they burned me uh, Patrick, once." Patrick Robinson. Patrick Robinson. He's like, "They burned me once. Cool. Fuck them niggas." Now, as he used the N word so elegantly in the middle of, yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So great. He goes on. He's <laughs> like, "I'm not. I'm not dealing with these guys anymore." Then the editor in chief of the magazine reaches out and they're like, "Yo." We understand we messed up, and then we had a salon conversation that we put y'all in the middle of without giving y'all any information. We kind of black, we kind of blindsided y'all, so we apologize. We know we messed up, but we want to put you on a September issue. We want to put you on the cover of September issue. So he's like, "I, you know what? There's never really been a black designer on the cover of one of these issues." Mm-hmm. So not for nothing, I, I have to, in, I have to interject. One of the things he was telling them in the article was he was highlighting a bunch of people literally giving this guy information on people he should have. And I'm scrolling on Instagram because that's just what I do. And what do I see here, Carl? An Adidas collaboration with the Compton Cowboys, which was one of the people that he talked about in the article highlighting black fashion. Right. And in the article, he talked about how he shouldn't have even had the meeting with them because he knew dude was just trying to pump him for information to see what was popping. Right. So here's the thing. He sat down with the guy, had several com- several rounds of conversation to essentially establish what he thought would be a, a riveting article about his um his promotion over at Reebok, um other other offers that have come in that he turned down, other collaborators that he's thinking about or that he think are noteworthy and people that they that he that they should fuck with, and things of that nature, and now they call him up weeks before and they're like, hey. Heads up, we decided as a company that we're going to go in a different direction for this cover. And we're, we're not going to use the story. So essentially, Homeboy just brought him in, flew him, flew him from New York to Paris just to put his hands in his pockets. Empty your pockets, Fav. What you got in here? Matter of fact, go home. Nah, yo, come back this way, fam. Empty your pockets again. And, he, and it was several rounds of him running his pocket and... Normally, I would say it was Curry's fault, but I can't say that because he shot his shot. He shot when, when like he right. looked at the stat. It, it wasn't the cover of Vogue, but it was big nah, enough. Yeah, it was big in enough in the circle and to push the fashion five hundred. Like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, I mean, Kirby, Kirby's entire. You know, I have to respect the way that he moves, and when you. When you move, he knows what the fashion. I mean, the fashion thing has been. I mean, notorious for not letting us in. And I mean, if we you do, know they, they still Kanye's don't. Oh no, 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 no. Of, of course. And so, like, Shoot, they the did way, the call Kanai. He can only oh, be big in Japan. Absolutely. But the way that Kirby's moving is like somebody that he's taking the blows, but he's like, I have to step to these places because I have to push us further. Mm-hmm. So he's taking a lot on the chin. You could just tell by the way he moves. Like he's he's unapologetically black. But he's moving in a way like, all right, y'all gonna try to fuck with me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I have to do, and I'm gonna play the game the way I have to play because you still need your allies. Mm-hmm. So he may know that part of this is, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna use me to a sense, but if it's a if it's a way to put us a little bit further for a black face to be on the cover of this magazine for that kid that is home that never seen that and is like, oh shit, I can. 
I can do that. Like right. everybody we've seen from the Arthur Ashe playing tennis and the things that he yeah. had to do. Like there would be no Serena. There'd be none of these people had certain people not taken those L's and stepped into these places that they the didn't martyrs. allow us in. He's right. martyrs. He, he gaslit the situation, though. He said, I know y'all going to try to blackball me, yeah. but I'm saying this anyway just to let y'all know that I'm writing this and I know y'all going to blackball me. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, It got worse, though, because he said he, against his better judgment, he pulled up to the Paris Fashion Week event um, because they insisted that he showed up and he showed up and they had a whole Against Kanye his better judgment like he said right they had the whole Kanye Sunday service type ask like like black choir spectacle and he said he walked in and ran it he got there late and 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 classic um CPT and he ran into some of his associates and all the black folks were in there and shocked the first thing his long term long term associate said to him was have you seen this shit? And when she said it, it was like Q because the choir came back out and homeboy, the I guess he might be Middle Eastern or he might be British, was He's out there British. dancing. He's British, uh, British Middle Eastern. Or oh, he could be British Indian. We don't know. I think according to the last name of what I heard in the lineage, he's definitely British um, and he's Asian, Indian Asian. He was dancing. He was Kirk Franklin dancing in the middle of this black choir. Shucking and jiving. And you're not even black. Right. I can't. And it's just like, fam, there's so many things wrong with it. And I think that Kirby did one hell of a brave thing by taking to medium.com, which is amazing, which is an amazing platform that gives you the opportunity to publish professionally published documents and like essays and get, it's seen by anyone and everyone who's willing to look. Yep. He was very brave by putting his feelings and emotions about this thing on, like on display for the world to see, because yo, if we don't know how these, how these other folks are treating us and uh, appropriating, appropriating our, our culture and disregarding our gems and our, our, our hidden treasures like Laquan Smith and Kirby and all the other up Pat and coming, Robinson, yeah. yeah, all the other up and coming the Mike B's designers, and just like discarding them after they suck them dry, we're gonna continue to like promote and purchase that shit. Like it's crazy how many niggas is back in Gucci. Well, Gucci man got a collection this week. I mean, they they had to do damage control. You knew that they was had. To. I don't necessarily know that it's damage control. I think that they've always disrespected us. And what our financial power is because they'll take one rich white one percenter over a thousand blacks that have five hundred dollars because the one percenter, but the one percenter won't even spend that money. But it's really about the prestige that the one percenter might have a Gucci piece. The real, the real deal is saw the way that they affected us. I think it's they're paying more attention to it. But then they saw the kind of money that they were making. I was like, you know what? It really doesn't hurt us to. Have a couple of brown M and M's in there, so I mean, they bought Dappin after realizing that Dapp actually bought them niggas to the next level. Late, wow, late. But that's that's. I think that's neither here nor there. I think that's um insult to injury. Like I said, we said this in a group chat. We didn't have this conversation on the podcast, but around the time that Gucci did the blackface joint, I was adamant in the fact that I believe that as a culture, black people could we could shut that shit down. We could shut anything down. The, the if all power, of the players stop playing in the NFL, we could shut Carl, that shit down. 
Think about if every if every just black take off player one Sunday right of work. I mean that's a whole other every black brown want to get him robbed. <laughs> non white American player in the NFL took off. We could shut that down. If every person of color, black, brown, yellow, anyone that's ever been offended by any of these major designers decided, you know what, we out. We not fucking with the old fashioned houses because they old school. They into the old things. Things would change. I mean, look at when's the last time one of y'all niggas walked into H and M. I don't go in H and M. First oh. off, they don't really have quality clothes anyway. They don't. We know, we know right. you scotch and soda down. We know you double R L, baby. I do spend the money because the stuff lasts longer now. Right. My daughter's vomiting on my shirts. I mean, he knows I don't, right. I don't regret it. Right. It's the same thing, but <laughs> right. it wasn't like H and M had high quality stuff. Never. I'm not they missing don't. anything after they put Zara, H and M, all nah, the. I keep it a buck with you. I walked into H and M not too long ago, against my better judgment. I was looking for the um the divided T-shirts that they used to have, and um, I was looking for these divided T-shirts. Walking through the section, and I'm just like, I don't see these T-shirts. But I'm realizing that the store has like considerably larger space available. So I'm just like, yo, what's going on? And I asked somebody in, they're like, yo, why well, I feel like this is so empty. And the lady's like, yeah, well, you know. They haven't been sending us as much options. And next thing you know, stores are closing down. They're not doing good. Well, retail the, as a whole is not doing good because of real estate. Yeah, but and, at the same time. No. Fuck y'all niggas. All right, but we offer this. We offer the we offer the <laughs> shit. Um we want to hear y'all opinions on all, all of the things that we spoke about. So you can always go to yeah, I'm, Twitter. I was thinking um, about doing a video to sound off more about that. Maybe we can talk about um, maybe doing some separate video content because I think we need to dive deeper into the Kirby situation and identifying when you are the sauce and what right. you bring to the room. Right. Um, you can hit us up on at the MCM pod, T-H-E-M-C-M-P-O-D on Instagram and on Twitter to keep this conversation going. But um, in the meantime, we're going to jump on to the next topic to keep things going and flowing. And what we're about to talk about is the idea that everything must be per- must be perfect in order for us to get shit done, a.k.a. capital procrastination. In my opinion, and it's going to sound like a fucking YouTube video, but I'm cool with that. Done is better than perfect. I can tell you this from experience because I spent the last three and a half years at my job thinking, I just need this to be right. I just need to save this much money. I just need to put this on the side. I just need to pay this off. I just need to hit the fucking lottery before I can do anything that I want to do or that I love to do. And that's not the case. Because now I'm at a point where I'm still ready to leave this shit and I'm making strides that I could have made years ago, but I've been holding myself back because of self-doubt and waiting for things to be perfect. But in that time that I've been waiting for things to be perfect, nothing has been completed. So what are your takes on that, fellas? What, what are you, what's your ideas around done is better than perfect? And when does um, preparation become procrastination? You want me to go? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think preparation meets procrastination 
when you have that idea that was only yours, you didn't tell anybody about it, and then you see somebody else doing it because you sat, you had your thumb in your ass for too long. That's when I think it becomes procrastination. If you even start chipping away at, like, writing things down, like, I, I called Joe a couple of weeks ago about something that was on my mind I was thinking about doing, and when I got home, Melissa was like, yo, just put it on the calendar. And I was like, oh, you know what? I might just have to just put it on the calendar because when you write things down, and I write things down a lot, but when you write it down, you really affirm and you got to like, oh, I put this down and I said I was going to do this, so I need to do it. Um, the way I view time now is a little bit different because of the birth of my daughter. And now, you know, I have to really take my time serious and where I'm spreading things and what I'm doing because um, I can only do things if I want to be effective when I put the baby down or maybe when I'm outside the house. So I'm really, like, like super on it now um, as far as making sure I get um, the best results out of every single minute of my day. Uh, I can only speak now as a parent to say, Every single, you really got to make every second count. I know you hear people say it, oh, you got to make every second count, but it, it's taken on really a whole new meaning because if I don't get something done, um, I did a job that was on like the 17th of September and I just sent the invoice out today and I actually need that money. Bitch, what? Right, exactly. And I don't have two weeks to do that. They got their edits, but the invoice was something I just kept forgetting to do because- Invoice goes before I start the edits. Well- Rule of thumb. Okay. I mean. Because. It, it's, 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 it's a little. Yeah. No, I, I get it. Because just because I, you send it don't mean it's going to get paid. But. Right. What happens is we get into the flow of things and we fuck around and forget we ain't send it. And now they well, get it. Well, that's what ended up now happening. Now they get it 20 days after you shoot them. You know. And then you got to wait another 30 days to get that payment. So you waiting 50 days right, or something. That you, right. But I put my, myself on my own two week delay unintentionally and it kept slipping my mind because every time I go in the house it's damn I gotta do XYZ yes I make time to do stuff but if it's slipping my mind I'm like oh shit and of course now I'm like damn I let me stop playing let me sit down and do it but it took me almost an hour to type out a few lines on the invoice because I gotta make every second count and you know I'm definitely making sure that I'm putting family first I'm spending time with my daughter but like the procrastination shit it's completely cut out of my diet immediately, immediately, especially with my own realizations in the past seven weeks or so. Carl? I mean, ear horns. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, uh, that's, oh, not he the, the right. that's not the ear horn. I think it's the blue one. But um, at there it is. There it is. Yeah. Give me my propers, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very um, I'm very much known to be methodical, and I take my time and getting my stuff done. Um, I think everybody has a different approach that works for them. For me, I'm you know I just I'm a chess player. I like the long. I set up my pawns, so I know that. At the end of the day, everything that I want to get done is going to get done, and I give it a, a reasonable time. I'm always thinking about the long game. So case in point, my photography 
um, career started as a hobby and all my objectives were things that I thought were going to be long term. You know, I can run down a list now of all the all the publications I've worked for, even recently, anywhere from and most of them I never thought I'd be shooting for from Rolling Stones to Essence to, you know, I just shot something for Billboard magazine. And I can I can even even the, the, the campaigns that I've been part of. My thing for those have always been just getting better as a photographer, getting better in my skill set. And when things come around, I'll deal with them as they come. And my, my thing has always been preparation. So all the mentors that I had, that's, the, that's what was taught to me, is that preparation and being ready for when those moments come. So that's where I'm, that's my preference. Um, I'm probably not the person to do the whole, like, just get it done to get it done because when things are done in a way that I consider to be half-assed drives me crazy. I feel like I'm going to have to over, do it over and then it's like it's actually not saving time. So I am that person that really does take their time to do everything. You know, some people will be upset about it. I'm also Jamaican, so at the end of the day, it's just like picking up, going to get your oxtail. I'm going to give you the stink face and I'm not even going to worry about how you feel about it. So... Um, but yes, I'm very much a, a preparation person and I, sometimes there's procrastination that happens because of it, because I'm so locked into what I have to do. The same thing, like what you just described, the invoice thing is me all the time. I'll finish a job and the invoice might go out the third day after because I'm like, I mean, I'm it's not three, saying I'm, it's three days, you, it, uh, you know? Yeah. It's, I'm like, it, it, I'm not bawling, but it's. I have other pressing things on my list of right. life, the things that have to happen. So I'm going to get to that because I know you owe me my money. Right. And I already know how I'm going to shut and you I, down if you don't pay me. Right. So I'm going to get to that. But, yeah, I'm definitely about the um, not perfect, but I want it a certain way. For me, the way that, that I feel about it and the way that I need things to be done. And I feel like at the end of the day, I'm, I'm building my brand. And I want my brand associated with, you know what? This is done to a certain level of quality, and if I had to wait a little bit longer, but as long as they're keeping in communication with me that how, why it's happening this way and what's going on, everybody's satisfied with the end result. So I'm just going to be on a consistent thing for that, um, and it may take a little bit longer for quality, but that's so fine. how about this, right? Let's, let's use this for example, because it's something that's been on the back of my mind for a minute, and I know... You've been around for the majority of the podcasting process, but you recently became a, a full-fledged partner in it, Carl. But this is more so for Pete and Rome. Fam, we started Man Crush Mondays almost four joints ago. Before our friends over at the Joe Budden Podcast, before, before. our friends at um, our lady friends, uh, what, what's the... the Brown Girl, Black Girl Podcast. Black Girl Podcast. I'm, I'm sorry. My bad. They're going to kill me for this. Before the black girl, listen. I got a kid. I have half a brain. Before, um, before, man, before, um, what is it? Before um, it was cool. Before guys next door. Before it was cool. Yo, they to sit back and think. To sit back and no think shots. that we stepped into this space when the men, where Mel's presence, where Mel's presence wasn't really dominant or wasn't really pro, like prominent, and we had the opportunity to take over majority market share. And it's not the first time because we came back around this year and we went from averaging 200 listens an episode 
to well over 2K. It's pretty nice. And somehow, like, like there was one episode, I won't even give you the, the name of it, but one episode we did almost 10,000 listens. 10,000? And oh my god, this is what, you what feel button me? is that? I'm supposed to push the button. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is this is on the utmost inconsistency. But I know a lot of the times we spent time worrying about, like, yo, I don't want to record it here, let's record it there. The whole time we've been fucking with a portable setup. This is true. Niggas could have recorded this shit at, I, I, but I think in the back of the Apple store. I think it's really getting everybody. You know, here, like even today, you know, with the real life situation, I mean, you had like a little bit of a miscommunication on what things were to be. You came to my place and brought the setup and saw that I have my daughter before I go to work. And she is definitely super active between the hours of nine and 11, keeps the club hours, doesn't doesn't leave the club till about 1030 when it's time to sleep. Right now, y'all, I got here late today and she Thankfully, went to sleep at 10.20, and I ran out of there like Carl said, like Spider-Man. But, you know, it's, it's just tough to be everywhere, and, you know, we got to be where the mobile setup is going to be. And right. I think we do a really good job at, you know, we, we wouldn't procrastinate it, but there's more pressing things, there's more pressing things. I think if Carl had to be in L.A. for a shoot right now, he wouldn't be here recording. Right. If my daughter was still up, I'd still be on the phone. Right. Yep. So... The reason why I brought up this topic is because as individuals and as a unit, the three of us here, we stand in our own ways sometimes. But we don't make excuses, though. Fuck excuses, nigga. We stand in our own ways, and that's, that's, for, that's for conversation. That's conversation off, offline. But, like, real shit, we got to stop trying to be perfect and get it done. Because if niggas worried he put about this topic in here to give us a pep talk, guys. Just nah, so not know. even. But if but niggas worried think... about, but if niggas worried about, here's what I'm gonna say: if niggas worried about having a perfect, I'm gonna use photos for example, because we all do photos. If niggas worried about having a perfect retouching process before they release any photos, nothing would ever. Come none up. of us would be here. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? That's a testament to it in itself. Yep. If niggas worried about having a perfect stroke. Before they talk shit to a chick, they would never got no ass. Carl used to hold on to photos too long. I, I still, that. I still do retouching. <laughs> it doesn't leave the gate unless it's to my liking. So, but like, it's still, I, I still don't subscribe this, to anything else. This also goes for our listeners. Like, yo, do don't that shit. like, like I get it. You what is it? Five P's: proper preparation um, makes way for proper perfect performance. Some shit like that. I forget what it is. The five P's. Quotes it and doesn't remember. I'm tired of shit. The only, the only P's I remember is, did you get your P's, bro? Hey, oh, bro, did you get your P's? Nah, but for real, don't, don't stand in your own way. I understand trying to get shit right, getting shit right, and getting shit perfect are two totally different things. And, um, yeah, about that. We here, nigga. This ain't perfect. Rome and I in town. We don't have a guest, but we here. Pete was going to chop. Yo, Pete got a Nokia 5560. That's why the beginning of the episode was so choppy. It wasn't choppy. It I was, was on choppy. my iPhone and I was in the car and I was on my way here. But I know you guys forgive me. And um, ladies, we are looking for a um, Kingfish sponsor for every episode because we cannot leave Carl hungry in a studio like this anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to take Carl for some yeah. see if we can find food in his hood before because we definitely I get to work. I definitely had some turkey, some turkey meatloaf right in front of me. Just, just <laughs> yum off the whole thing. 
right in front of me. But I offer, I also <laughs> offered to to pay for his Uber Eats, and your man just didn't want. There nothing. was nothing. Yo, pescatarian life is different, bro. Yo, fam. Nah, it's different. I'm not trying to deep fry. Yo, fam, I don't want to deep fry Mama, Mama Sushi is right up the way. Mama Sushi didn't come up on the Uber Eats when I looked at it, brother. All right. So. Either way, though, this has been Man Crush Mondays. Actually, got this hour in. And is there an applause button on here? Yeah, it is. It's somewhere there. <laughs> it might be this one. Small victories. Yes. We'll take small victories. We got the episode in. I made it. I was on the phone. Yeah. I feel good. You guys make me feel good. It's good to see you. Just so you know, ladies, Carl's not single, but his beard is longer than ever. That shit is magic. I want to touch it. <laughs> that shit blends in with his polo shirt touch right it. now. Yeah. He of fact, probably got a Scotch Porter tattoo on his yeah. back. Matter right of fact, now. you should definitely take a picture, like a selfie right now, and save it for Monday and put it up when the episode comes out. That's your promo. Yeah, for real. Did you listen to this episode? Tell me if you get the point. Because your your beard definitely blends in <laughs> with your shirt right now. Crazy. But either way, we, we save all the small talking for offline. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for tuning in to Man Crush Mondays. We are and always will be accepting your feedback and your suggestions on topics and places to visit and all of the above. Hit us on the socials at T-H-E-M-C-M-P-O-D. At the Man Crush Mondays pod, MCM POD. Y'all got anything to say before we out? I just want to say thank you to everybody. That's it. Word. Thank you for being down. And make sure y'all run up on Pete and Carl the way that y'all run up on me. Do it. <laughs> oh, that was the Jamaican shit. Say it again. Say it again, Carl. Do it. You see what happened. Yo, get, get me out of here. I gotta go to work. Yeah. Right, I gotta take this. <laughs> man, Chris, for, for man, Chris Monday, this is African ass Joe. I'm just regular Pete, the new dad. This is Bronx Call. And we're out. <laughs>